Visioneers, and welcome to Small Business Celebration. We're continuing our series on small businesses that not only survived the last recession, but are using those lessons to improve themselves for this recession. And our guest this week, well, he's going to show us how to imbibe on the good life. This is Small Business Celebration. Join us as we learn from successful business owners and successful business leaders about who they are, from where their business has grown, what they have learned, and where their successful business is going. I'm your host, Michael I. Roberts, and we're going to learn something that you can use today to grow a strong and profitable business. Welcome to Small Business Celebration, and our guest this week is David Dobbs, the owner of Imbibe Wine and Spirits. Welcome to Small Business Celebration. It's good to be here, Michael. And for visionaries who don't know who you are, who are you and what is it that you do? I am the proprietor, founder of Imbibe Wine and Spirits here in Bakersfield, California. You began your career in the liquor business outside of Bakersfield, but you're born and raised here in Bakersfield. That's correct. I uh, went to elementary, high school, junior college in Bakersfield. Uh, then I moved to San Francisco in 1984 to, to start my adventure in the liquor business back in 84. And you had the opportunity to start this because mm -hmm. that's where your dad lived. That's correct. And you went in and became a sweat equity partner in his, not his first, not a second, but his third location. Yes, yeah, so his model was to scout out locations. Uh, he was a brains behind it, but he would always have a SWEC equity partner. And, and so when I joined him as a, as a partner, he was purchasing his third store. Uh, he had a relationship with his uh, brother-in-law in one store and a, and a high school college classmate in another store. So I became his third partner. And, spending all the hours and doing all the grunt work. <laughs> but that grunt work was very important because you learned everything from sweeping the floors to accounting, bookkeeping, inventory, and customer relations. That's correct. It's, again, as simple as things of knowing how to buy paper bags, so a, a good purchase on paper bags, uh, how to buy cleaning supplies for, to maintain your, your store. All those things add up at the end of the day. So we, those are all things that I would pay attention to. But most importantly, that at the time, back in the, in the mid-80s, wine was just getting taken off. And right. it was crucial that my father sat me down and said, son, you really got to learn the wine aspect. Because back then, it was all about whiskey and, and vodka. Right. But you got to learn wine, and, and we got to rely on your experience and your expertise to whatever trail we go down on the wine on the wine side and that's where you started developing the reputation as the wine guy yeah yeah actually uh, so I, I I took his advice and I started you know when I first started in the business I drank blue nun and Lancers and uh, <laughs> Matus uh, right. that, that's what I knew uh, and as time went on I would start spending a lot of time in Napa Valley making relationships and trying wine and I would make faces if the wine was uh, you know, back in the day, Chardonnay and Cabernet were sour or, or make bitter, but reality is that term is dry. Sure. And that's, that's the quality you really grow towards as you consume more of it. And my father would just keep saying, son, keep trying it, keep trying it. You'll, you'll, you'll take a liking to it. And sure enough, that's what happened. What are the other things that being involved with that store and learning from your father afforded you was contacts? Correct. And that became something that affected 
your entire career where the contacts that you made within the not just the industry but also with the distillers and the and their other companies that are involved in the liquor business why is that so fundamental in the business that you have today good 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 question um it is all about relationships because there's a lot there's a lot of a lot of wine available, but there's a small, finite amount of great wine available. Right. And what, what, how that's determined who gets it is relationships. Uh, by you spending time with that person, by they, the owner getting to know who you are. Uh, I, I, I used to run with a, a big executive at Goodyear Tire, and he would go to the wine country with me, and we'd sit around and share dinner at the end of the day. Right. And he goes, man, I, I just wish my supplier, my store owners would beg for my product. Right. In my case, I'm going. I'm taking the winery owner to dinner, buying him dinner, saying, "Please sell me your wine." Right. But what has made Imbibe unique and successful in my other stores is we have access to a lot of items that most people don't, and that's just because spending time with the, with the owners and making relationships. One of the other things that makes this location unique is the place we're standing, mm -hmm. which is you are the only location I'm aware of that actually has a tasting bar inside the location. Yeah, I'm not going to go into great detail of how that happened, but, um, <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm fairly confident we are probably the only store in, in the state of California that actually has a tasting bar, because normally it has to be a, a separate address, a separate entrance. Right. Uh, we've, uh, we've met the criteria for the local ABC in Kern County, and uh, so it's a huge tool uh, having, having access to getting the consumer to, to try the products before they purchase them. That goes well, a long ways. That's the key yep. right there is, and correct me if I'm wrong, but a consumer can come into your location, 21 and et cetera, and for 7 or $8, try anything behind you, that's, correct? That's, How yeah. does the rest of that work? Well, again, we, we've, uh, it's, not, it's not a bar. We don't do margaritas and rum and Cokes. It's everything's neat mm -hmm. or on the rocks. Right. We want you to, really, it's an educational tool. I want, to, I want you to get educated on the product. Right. So uh, we pour you a one-ounce shot. Uh, you can do up to three, you know, try three different things, but you're not going to sit here and we're not going to pour you seven or eight different items. Right. Uh, but also, when, when you, if you decide you come across something you like and you make a purchase, the, the, the purchase, the item that you did purchase, the, uh, the cost of that tasting will be applied towards a di as a discount. Excellent. So it's, again, if, you, if you're truly sincere about purchasing something, you can uh, take a test drive on it, know what you're taking home, and we'll give you that taste complimentary. Part of this, the idea for this, was one of the first ideas that you had when you opened up this location here in Bakersfield. Because you were up in San Francisco, then you went down to LA, and then you came back home. Mm -hmm. and how did this business look or the environment look when you first opened in the peak of the banking crisis in 2009? Well, we got to backtrack. So this is like an aircraft carrier. And so when you want to make a turn on an aircraft carrier, you got to do it miles out. Sure. And so I, the, the vision of opening in Bibe started in 07. Okay. So in 07, things were still solid. Right. I had all my fan finances in place. Uh, the economy I, was roaring. roaring yeah, <laughs> there was a need for a wine shop. Right. By the time secured the place, built it out, got everything ready to turnkey to open the doors. Right. Now we're in March of 2009, and by that time, it was a, a, a crazy tough time in our economy. Right. But I, by that time, I'm pregnant. I'm, I'm committed. So, right. Sure. So it's not like, well, we just lock it up and think of something else. Right. We just, you know, we kept a lean staff. My wife and I worked from opening to close. 
Uh, we had a staff of two at that time, <laughs> so it was my wife and I, and actually we had two employee, two other employees. Right. And we just did what it took to get it done. And uh, we were fortunate enough that you know we had some money, we had some reserves that my wife and I could live off. Uh-huh. Uh I just needed enough money to pay the payroll. Right. Uh, and which payroll of two was very doable. Sure, but sure. Probably not much more than that. <laughs> yeah. Here we are in 2020, and some would argue we're in a recession again. Yep. And because of COVID. And what have you learned from the experiences of 2009 that you're applying to the current situation we're in? Well, the, uh, things have changed financially. I'm in a, in a much more solid position right um i've you know right now good news bad news there's a lot of people that are struggling and a lot of wineries that are struggling so i'm, right. I'm getting access to some deals that i've never never se seen in 30 years of being in the business wow having said that being in a position where i have some cash in the bank i take advantage of these deals and of which i pass them to the consumer some some wine i just stockpile in the back waiting for things to turn around right but so it, it's it's a good time if you're financially can survive it there are some incredible opportunities out there. So I'm, I'm taking that to my advantage or using that to my advantage. Um, my, my key is right now is keeping my employees happy and safe. Right. That's my number one priority. Sure. Uh, number two is trying to find things that the consumer can use. Uh, again, it's, as I mentioned, uh, we were talking privately, is everything in my store is a luxury item. There's nothing here that a consumer needs. So I, I, and, I, and I'm very much aware of that. So I work hard on finding things that over deliver for the money. It's always providing value right and in a time like this it's even more crucial absolutely if visionary nation wanted to get in touch with you how do they do that well again the store location is 4140 truxton avenue in bakersfield uh, most of the folks that live here in town know truxton right uh, uh imbibe wine and spirits.com on the internet uh, we have our own website that is represents probably about 80% of what we currently have because some things change so quickly. Sure. Store phone number, 661-633-9463. What was that number again? 661-633-9463. And, uh, and to be clear, 9463 spells wine, so 633-WINE. Very good. Right. In the spirit, as it were, of giving value, we're going to talk in the next segment about giving value, mm -hmm. but also importantly, one of the things that you have done exceedingly well in this community over the long haul that you're benefiting from now when we come right back. In times like these, the sharp business owner knows that now is the time to invest in undervalued businesses to move their financial future forward. But how do you find the right business? How do you arrange financing? How do you analyze the prospective business financials and industry information to make the right decision? Do what the proud owners of the tire man have done. Turn to Sunbelt Business Brokers and Advisors at 661-323-2358 or visit them at sunbeltnetwork.com forward slash Bakersfield CA and buy the undervalued business to move your financial future forward. Call Sunbelt Business Brokers and Advisors at 661-323-2358 or visit them at sunbeltnetwork.com forward slash bakersfield-ca today.
We're here with David Dobbs, the owner of Imbibe Wine and Spirits, and we're in the Cone of Silence, as it were. No, actually, that's not true. This is known as, the, this is our wine, our boutique wine room, boutique, boutique wines. The boutique wine room. Yes. And this is something that's a location that's very unique in Bakersfield, especially. Why did you create this part of the store, and why is it so important? Storage conditions is everything on, on premium wine. Right. And in Bakersfield, when the weather is 103 or 105 in the summertime, right. when you know wine's been properly stored at you know 60 degrees is, is, is entire life, that's, that's huge. You know, nobody in town, I don't think, is doing that. So this room is, you know, the store we keep at 78 degrees, this room I keep at 60 degrees. Right. And it's, as a wine consumer and wine lover, you, you appreciate that. So exactly. the wine comes into the store, rolls right here right away. Uh, we don't take deliveries in the afternoons during the summer because we think the wine might have been compromised. Sure. So uh, we, we take great care in taking care of our wines. One of the other things, one of the reasons you're able to have a room like this is because of the long-term success that you have had in marketing your business. One of the things that's indicative of Bakersfield that I love is there are lots of opportunities to be involved in the community. Mm -hmm. You have taken that opportunity to engage with a wide variety of people through nonprofit organizations and events. Correct. First of all, why? Well, I actually, as you know, by living in this community, this is probably the, the most giving community in the nation. Right. And um, if you're not in, involved with a cause of some sort, you're going to get passed up. But again, out of, out of gratitude, I choose to get involved in a lot of causes. Uh, we talked uh, earlier about Global Families, which mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of that, uh, the Boys and Girls Club. Mm -hmm. um, I'm an active member of the Rotary Club. Um, I love CASA, that's another thing I believe in. I mean, really, I'm, I'm about youth, and for my, my thinking is I wanna support the, the youth in our community. But, you know, we, we can spend money promoting ourselves in print ad or TV, or we can spend time and money being in the public and volunteering and giving items away for causes that raise monies for causes. There's a misnomer out there that a business to be actively involved in the community means you're always having to give something away. In your case, is that the case? Or do you give some away? Or do you charge cost? Or how, how do you negotiate with the bottom line of trying to run a business and yet do good for the community. Uh, great question. I, we could easily give the whole store away in a matter of days because right? right. we get, without a doubt, I get a, a letter a day for a donation. Right. Um, I, I've set a budget per month. Mm -hmm. I tell people that present us with a letter. I need, you know, I need that letter 60 to 90 days out. If you come to me in a matter of weeks, the budget's already been spent because right. right now we're currently in the month of August, but I'm spending monies for October already. Sure. If, if, I, if I can't help you, if you do truly are non-profit status, I, need, I ask for your, your letter showing your number, right. I will I'm gl gladly sell you my product at cost. Right. Um, we also try to help organizations give an idea how much product they might need, so we kind of put it on loan. If they have a big event, they sign for the product they need, uh, they can bring back what they didn't consume, right. and then I'll invoice them for what, what was used so they're not stuck with a bunch of merchandise, and they don't run out of merchandise. So that's, those are just kind of going out of, going out of our way to making their event successful. The key to this is, number one, you're doing good. 
by being good. Mm -hmm. But you're also taking this opportunity to get around people that you would normally not be able to do. And how has that affected your business long term? That's a great question. Again, in this town, there is an event two nights or three nights a week. So we're selective which events that we go to to volunteer our time and, and, and donate our, our merchandise, whatever that may be. Right. Um, so I, I, I have an idea which organizations are strong and who tends to support what organizations. So if it's a, you know, if it's a big beer event for consumers between 21 and 30, that's not right. my cup of tea. But if it's a bunch of business leaders for a political fundraiser, uh, the, the guys that have the means to support a, a cause in our community, that's the room I want to be in. So and I'm selective on where, I, where I, I, sh I set up shop. Correct me if I'm wrong, mm -hmm. but your involvement with these organizations gives you the opportunity to get around people you've never met. Correct. Or very seldom interact with. And when they come into the store for the first time, what's their reaction like? I wouldn't trade this store for any store in the nation. Right. Uh, Daily, somebody comes in and says, wow, look at this place. They, 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 they're in here for the first time now. We've been open for 10 years and they've been right. driving by my store for nine of them. <laughs> right. But finally, they decided to come in the store. Right. And when they see what we're doing here, this is a store that you would think you'd see in a major city like Miami or Dallas or L.A. Right. Uh, it's, it's, a, it, it's a beautiful store. Uh, so it's, once I get you in here the, for the first time and if you do a little bit of due diligence and see our pricing right. and the services we offer and our friendly staff, I think we got you convinced of the, we're the place that you need to shop. And one of the things I like about your business is very often a business owner's office is in the back, in the corner, in a closet somewhere. Correct. Your office is, you come in through the front door, you make a right-hand turn, and there's your office. Well, I learned that from my father. You know, the, oftentimes the key guys are in the back room that you never meet, I, you know, the consumer never meets. I, I want to be in front of the consumer. When, when Mr. Smith or Mr. Jones walks in, I want to jump out of my chair and greet him and say, hey, how you doing? How can I help? Sitting in another room, you don't even have the, the vision of seeing who walked in your store. Uh, again, this is something I did in my, my store in Los Angeles. I learned from my father. Um, the key, key retailers around the nation, they tend to have podiums in their store for where their st the staff stands or to be available to the consumer. Right. Uh, I think if you're in retail, if you're not easy accessible to your, con your customer, you're making a huge mistake. When we come back, we're going to visit and look at the most unusual and profitable aspects of Imbibe. And in case you want to go through and buy several cases of wine at the discount and hold on to them, well, David has the opportunity for you. We'll come right back. Can you believe our 100th episode is right around the corner? Neither can I, but who would you like to see as our guest here on Small Business Celebration's 100th episode? Well, if you've got a thought, leave their name in the comment section below and your guest of your choice could be here on Small Business Celebration for our 100th episode. So leave your thoughts in the comment section below and who knows, your guest could be our guest here on Small Business Celebration's 100th episode. We're here with David Dobbs, the owner of Imbibe Wine and Spirits, and we are in a very unusual location within Imbibe. Where are we, David? We're actually in the wine storage 
facility, which is 3,000 square feet behind the walls. So a lot of consumers don't even know this part of the building exists, but uh, we have 3,000 square feet dedicated for, to wine storage only. Why have you chosen to do this? Two things. Uh, when I was in Southern California, I saw numerous locations around LA that would store your wine for you because as a consumer, you, you don't have uh, a wine storage facility at home right. or you outgrow it. Mm -hmm. uh, some guys hide it from their wives, like wives hide, <laughs> shoes, wives hide their shoes from their husbands. Right. Uh, so I, I go, what a, what a great idea if, if I could put them in the same location and where you, you, the wine to, for purchase is there and, and the storage is there. Right. Uh, something I, I dreamt about when I was in Southern California, but uh, I, at that time I didn't own my space. I own this space and it's a huge capital investment to do this. Right. But it's, it's also needed in a community like Bakersfield when it gets so hot. Sure. And a lot of people vacation. Mm -hmm. And you, you, it's great to turn your house off when you vacation, but you can't if you have wine storage. Right. You got to keep running that unit. Right. So you can put your wine here. I, I do have numerous customers that come here and store their wine for three or four months only. Mm -hmm. I have other guys that leave their long-term wine here year-round. Right. But the, what it costs to store your wine here is less than what it would cost you to run that, that, that one piece of equipment. And you also have this wine storage for something that we briefly talked about in the last segment, which is you have a customer that comes in that wants to buy a case of wine, mm -hmm. but they're not going to drink that entire case in one sitting. Correct. And they can store it here. And how has that model helped your business? Well, that's huge. <clears throat> Again, as you, the higher the quality of the wine, the longer the shelf life, mm -hmm. but that's all predicated on the fact it's been stored properly. Correct. Uh, we keep this room back here at between 55 and 60 degrees. Uh, the wine, if you leave it back here, it's going to give the wine seven or ten years of life, where if it sits in your kitchen, you got about seven or ten months of life. Right. If it sits in your cooling unit at home, it, it's probably got about half of that, maybe three or four years. Right. But uh, again, I, you can take, you buy a case of wine, you save a little bit of money by doing so, you take two or three home, you leave the other nine here. And the beauty of wine, it, it evolves, it's a, it's a moving target. So right. if you have the accessibility to store wine somewhere, be it home or here, you can keep revisiting that wine you know, every year, go back to it, try it a year later, a year later, and wine does evolve. It's, that's the beauty of wine, it's never the same. The same exact bottles doesn't taste exactly the same. This also gives you a competitive advantage too. I, I use it. This is a great chance for me to call you up and say, I, I have some wine. Uh, could I put it, uh, go ahead. All you have to do is give me the, the green light. Right. I call numerous customers daily uh, telling them about a special wine I received. Mm -hmm. uh, would you like three or six bottles? I'll put it in your locker for you. I already have your credit card on file uh, because I bill you monthly for your storage. Uh, I, most, I'd say 90% of my customers leave the, uh, a key with me. We don't get in their locker, but uh, in case they lose their key, they have a backup. Right. Uh, we've gained a lot of trust, so daily there's wine being put in their locker because we called ahead of time and tell them about an opportunity, and they say, sure, put six bottles in there. So it's a, it's a great tool to sell wine in addition to, to making it a profit center to store wine. And the key to this is that providing an extra service above and beyond, because this costs money, no doubt, mm -hmm. but you provide a service that puts you head and shoulders above your competition and gives you a leg up to actually end up moving more product. Well, again, there's, I, don't, I don't know of another wine storage facility in, in Kern County, Right. Uh, yet the demand, I got to think there's a need for it. I mean, it's, 
it's taken us a little while to fill this place up, but right. now we're 95% full. Right. But uh, again, if, if you're truly a, if you're a wine critic and a wine lover, storage is everything. But this also came about because of a very hard lesson you yes. learned. Yes, sir. <laughs> and tell us briefly <clears throat> that lesson that happened that was the genesis for not just the wine storage, but for the whole building mm -hmm. in general. Well, again, when I was a retailer in Southern California, we were there for 20 years, mm -hmm. and I finally got to the point where I wanted to leave Southern California, so my wife and I decided to put the store up for sale. Okay. And my landlord at the time, he, he wouldn't, I had two qualified buyers that, uh, that, when I say qualified, they had numerous other liquor stores, wine shops, they had plenty of money. Uh, it was going to be all, an all-cash transaction. Ideally, which I, is what you well, want. Boy, it couldn't, it couldn't have got better. But the, <laughs> right. but the one hang-up was is I needed a lease for the new tenant. Right. And the, my landlord wouldn't write a lease because he wanted me to force my hand to stay there longer because I was a proven operator. Mm. Uh, there's other, I'm sure there's other reasons why he chose not to write a lease, but he, his answer was, these guys aren't qualified. And so sadly, it, it got to a point where I ended up accepting a, a buyer that ex met his criteria, but in my mind, he wasn't qualified, and, sure. and that bit me in the bottom. And long story short, I ended up carrying a lot of paper, of which the good gentleman went bankrupt. So oh, that, wow. that was a huge learning lesson. Right. So I, I knew going in, if I ever do this again, I'm gonna be in charge of my destiny. I'm gonna own my building, and I'm not gonna be relying on my landlord telling me who I can sell it to or who I'm gonna lease it to. Right. I'm gonna make those decisions when that day comes. One of the other things that you mentioned in the previous segment that we talked about was relationships. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of people, like myself, all of our personal relationship skills are, are, are learned. We, unlike my wife, they, who has come by them naturally, uh, for me, they, they've all been learned. And one of the things that you have taken is you've, you've had a new, new life journey. Mm -hmm. You've spoken about, before we were on camera, about some of that journey. But mm -hmm. more importantly, you spoke about a particular book that has helped you tremendously with relationships. And you're very much in a relationship business. Yes. And what, what is that book and why is it so significant? Well, to backtrack again, there, there's nobody that's, that's outworked me. I'm, I'm a grinder. and. Along with being a grinder, you put a lot of pressure on yourself. And um, but I've I've gained a peace and a calmness through my spiritual journey. Mm. And what feeds me now in my season of life is I want I want to mentor other young other men. I want to talk to couples that are in struggle because I've I've gone through a, a separation. Right. Uh, but anyway, the book that you're referring to or that you're asking about is called Love and Respect. Love and Respect. Okay. And it's an incredible book. It basically talks about how ladies see things through pink sunglasses and how guys see things through blue sunglasses. And, <laughs> and we might, you know, you, there's oftentimes we've asked a question of our, our wives or and vice versa, mm -hmm. and the response you get totally, <laughs> you, you can't believe the response you got. But reality is, by reading this book, it gives you the tools of, of how to interpret that and how to maybe communicate the question maybe differently. Right. And uh, so I, I've given away dozens of the copy of this book and numerous times people come back to me and thank me. It sounds like the lessons you've learned out of this book to help you with your relationships with your customers. Uh, yes and no. It, 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 again, it, my, my relationships is, is a much softer one in the sense that 
I, at the end of the day, I, I do believe for me, it's out of my control. I mean, I, I can do what I can do, right. but at the end of the day, it's not by me working incredibly hard and getting up early. It's God's gifted me and graced me with an opportunity. And so knowing that, I, I sleep better, uh, but also I have a calmness and I don't, I don't put the pressure on the customer because I truly, I, I tell my kids, sooner or later, human beings are gonna disappoint you. You're gonna get disappointed. And so if you don't, if you're ready and understand that that day will come and you don't put a lot of emphasis on it, that's a great spot to be in. So I don't, my expectations of, of my customers and my, and, and my consumers are, are totally different than it was years ago. It sounds like your definition of success has also changed from the way it was years ago. Well, spot on. I, I you know, I, as a, you know, I, I grew up in Old L. And as a, as a very young kid, I was, you know, a single mom, we, we had nothing. And I didn't want to be that guy. So I, I worked hard and, and God gifted me and I've become incredibly successful. But with that comes a lot of money. But I've also learned, you know, I, in my days in Los Angeles, I, I had much more money than I have today, but I was a miserable son of a gun. Mm. And so one of the questions that I've, has been asked many times, people think that money is, will give you happiness but boy, that's the farthest from the truth. <laughs> that, that has no correlation to what where you are in your, you know, uh, physically and mentally, and you're in your mind. It sounds like success is about relationships now. Yeah, I, I truly, I'm very, I, I, I that's my, my most valued commodity, and my, for me, at this season is is my time. I've only got so much time left on this earth, and I want to spend it with people I want to spend it with, and uh, I. If, if, if you're feeding me and I'm feeding you, I'm gonna spend more time with you. If, if, if I'm not feeding you, maybe it's, you know, if you go a different direction and I'll, I'll do the same. Sure. But uh, I, again, I, relationships, is, that is what feeds me. I am an extrovert. Uh, my wife tends to be an introvert. Um, but you know, there's, there's wonderful things in both. But um, as, as I've matured, I, you know, I, I never understood, and that's part of reading this love and respect book because people interpret things based on being an extrovert or introvert, how that's interpreted. Right. Uh, that's, that's huge. It, it helps, helps understand relationships. What is one thing that Visioneer Nation could do today to grow a strong and profitable business? Um, the, the, you know, the key thing is, is I learned years ago from my father is you can't be all things to all people. Mm. You, you need to know your business number one, but also keep it on a on a path that's not all things in in this location we are we are many things but right. I've, I've i give it a lot of thought daily i mean we're wine storage we're a restaurant we're a wine bar we're a retailer right uh we're a, a wine merchant but are you know i i don't i've a lot of guys complain about the hours we keep we don't stay open long enough i don't want to be a bar right I, I want to i want to have you have give you a chance to try the spirits try the wines try the beers educationally wise and so you go home and consume it right uh, I don't I don't want to be a three-star restaurant I you know we do flatbreads and people why is the menu so simple basically right. I want to keep some food in your system so you're you're not drunk driving drunk driving right I, I don't, I don't want to be a fine restaurant because right. all those things detract number one we're a wine merchant that, that our really our number one goal is being the best wine merchant we can possibly be right so again not you can't be all things to all people David this has been a pleasure. Thank you very much for being on Small Business Celebration. Thank you. And for visionaries who want to get, out, get in touch with you, how do they do that? 
Uh, you can you can always email me, David at imbibewine.com. Mm -hmm. uh, you can call the store again, uh, 661-633 and the word wine, which is nine four six three. I'm I do pride myself on getting back to people uh, promptly. Right. So you leave me a voicemail or an email, and I'll get back to you. But uh, most important, I'd love you to come check out our store and see what we're all about if you haven't been here yet. And what's the address? 4140 Truxton Avenue, and that's right by uh, Yokitz Park, um, right across the street from the city yard in Bakersfield, where all they keep all their equipment. So if, uh, if you know the lay of the land of this town, it's pretty easy to find. Thank you very much for being on Small Business Celebration and introducing us to all the various facets of Imbibe, mm -hmm. and we look forward to having you on again soon. I hope so, and I thank you for giving me the opportunity to, to tell you a little bit about what Imbibe's all about. In times like these, the sharp business owner knows that now is the time to invest in undervalued businesses to move their financial future forward. How do you find the right business? How do you arrange financing? How do you analyze the prospective business financials and industry information to make the right decision? Do what the proud owners of the tire man have done. Turn to Sunbelt Business Brokers and Advisors at 661-323-2358 or visit them at sunbeltnetwork.com forward slash bakersfield ca and buy the undervalued business to move your financial future forward. Call Sunbelt Business Brokers and Advisors at 661-323-2358 or visit them at sunbeltnetwork.com forward slash bakersfield-ca today. Who is a visioneer? A visioneer is a small business leader who is a pioneer that has vision. A visioneer is someone willing to see the world not as it is, but as it could be. And is willing to do something about it. A visioneer is ethical, smarter, faster, and leaner than the mainstream competition. A visioneer gives value first because visioneers are in business for the long haul. Visioneers understand the difference between saving money and earning a profit. Visioneers define their destiny. Visioneers create their own luck. Visioneers surround themselves with successful, like-minded people. Visioneers are renegades who defy the mainstream competition and are ready to change the world. Are you a visioneer? Join the Visioneer Tribe at Small Business Celebration on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram today. Thank you for listening to the Small Business Celebration podcast. Some of today's music was brought to you by Ted Hammond, and you might find more of Ted's music at ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. That's ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. If you enjoyed this episode and gained some insight from it for your business, subscribe to the Small Business Celebration podcast at iTunes.com forward slash Small Business Celebration and give us a five-star review. Also, if there's a business you'd like us to interview, reach out to us on LinkedIn and Facebook and let us know. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Roberts of the Small Business Celebration Podcast, and we wish you a strong and profitable business.